Welcome to the Wild Woman's Guide to Motherhood, a space for open-minded and open-hearted discussions about birth and mothering. I'm your host, Mimi Tui. Hello, lovelies, and welcome to another episode of the Wild Woman's Guide to Motherhood. Oh, man, I'm coming to you from my bed this week. Um, where I have been spending a lot of time lately because I'm still in that first trimester of my pregnancy and feeling just exhausted and um, just like like I need to be going slow and just really taking time to myself. And I'm nauseous. I'm nowhere near as nauseous as last time with Lua. Thank goodness I've got a lot of tools that I'm using to help with that and it seems to be working but I am still nauseous like I'm not a hundred percent by any means and just um wanting to really lay low so I'm honoring that but I have um still created a beautiful episode to share with you today I had the amazing Allie on um we recorded her birth story a little over two weeks ago and I just am getting it out now and this is a really important and wonderful story I think to share with you because Ali had a free birth with her daughter Freya um, not not too long ago just about two months ago now and um, this story is so important because in the free birth community there's so many stories of um, kind of beautiful easy births that that might have a few things that go against what might have um, been allowed in hospital, but but not too much. And um, in this story, just has a lot in it that would not have been allowed in hospital, or would have been seen as abnormal, or would have um, been classified as needing intervention. Um, for example, she went past forty-two weeks of pregnancy. She was in labor for fifty-eight hours. Um, and through all of it, she just had an incredible, incredible deep connection and trust of her baby girl. And, um, and so much of the time, if we center the mother and her intuition, then that is often the, the best barometer of how the baby is doing. And so I just think that, um, you know, obviously every birth is inherently risky there's there's risk in anything that we do in our lives but the kind of blanket policies that there are in in hospital and in medicalized births that treat every single woman in um you know situations that are so nuanced they treat them every they treat them all the same and are so quick to intervene um and i think that this story just shows um how powerful that intuition is and that birth can look so far from what is considered normal in the hospital and still be completely fine and powerful and beautiful and she says herself it was it was painful um there were times that she had doubts um not that her you know not that her baby was okay she always trusted that her baby was okay but just in in what was happening why it was taking so long um, and yet she came out of it feeling so empowered and, and so happy with her experience. And I just think that it's 
a really beautiful and important story to share. Um, so yeah, please enjoy. I will be back again in another two weeks with some more juicy content, another beautiful episode for you. In the meantime, enjoy this one. Hi, Ali. How are you today? I'm great, Mimi. How are you going? Yeah, really, really well. So excited to have you on the Wild Woman's Guide to Motherhood. Mm, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you. Yeah, so this you've started sharing your birth story on Instagram, but you haven't shared all of it, right? Yeah, yeah. I've just, um, well, it's quite a long journey. Um, so I've just started in at the beginning, <laughs> but yeah. it took me some time to kind of, yeah, get it all down and see how to get it in a way to share but now I'm feeling ready to yeah to share and to talk about it and yeah it's great it's a great feeling so exciting and I'm so honored to have you on here and have you sharing it with me and with my listeners me too me too um how old is Freya now (laughs) uh she was six weeks on Monday so six weeks beautiful oh so you've just come out of that six week bubble I feel like the um the first six weeks of postpartum like everyone says kind of the first 40 days but I really feel for me and then with a lot of women that I've worked with that that after kind of six weeks it's like a veil lifts a bit and you start mm. feeling a bit more um into yourself again and not just in that kind of double like organism that you are for those first six weeks yeah yeah it does I was just reflecting on that this morning because I realized that this week um of her being six weeks I've I'm speaking with you and I finally finished writing the birth story which took me like on and off for weeks to do and then I'm also having um, my closing of the bone ceremony this week as well and it's just all been these synchronicities that were not intentionally done but are all coming together in this time frame which is really amazing um and in alignment with how I'm feeling too so yeah I agree with what you're saying yeah beautiful that's amazing it is I feel like that was when I kind of finally had the the kind of space to step back and reflect Mm. and be able to kind of like I wasn't still in it I was able to see it a little bit better um like the birth for me yes yeah yeah amazing well um so you're here today to share your birth story so let's get into that and I'd love to start um oh actually before we do that do you want to give a little bit of an overview of just who you are um for the yeah listeners? sure um well I'm Ali <laughs> and yeah I live um in the northern rivers in Australia um and been journeying with really connecting deeply to pregnancy and birth um, as a rite of passage and I recently studied um, to be a full spectrum doula while I was pregnant and um, yeah and then I had an amazing beautiful pregnancy and we did a conscious conception as well um, a little bit about Um, yeah and so our life is really amazing here. We have a really strong community, which I think has just made such a difference to um, the whole process of the initiation into motherhood. 
Um, and yeah, so I'm just really integrating all of that right now and how I want to be of service in our community as well, particularly with um, pregnancy, just sharing the magic of it all <laughs> with others. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. That's really exciting that you're moving into that um, mm. space in the community. I didn't realize that that you were doing that. That's mm. so beautiful. Yes. Yeah, it is really beautiful. I'm really grateful. Yeah. Um, cool. So do you, you said you wanted to speak a bit about your conscious conception. So why don't we start there? Where did this journey begin for you? Yeah, of course. So um, it was last year we, we felt for a few months um, a very strong calling from our daughter. Um, she came to us. She came to me a few times in dreams and in ceremony as well and also to my husband. Um, and so we could feel she was really ready and that she had chosen us to be her parents and it was this really strong connection before, um, before conception. And so... It was um, November last year where we spoke for maybe a month or so beforehand about opening the portal for her and opening, uh, welcoming her, I guess, into our life if she wanted to come into the physical realm. And um, so when I was ovulating in November and it was coincidentally 11-11, it was like this really amazing synchronicity of numbers as well and we just spoke directly to her spirit and welcomed her into, um, welcomed her to earth. And yeah, I just said that if she wanted to come, we were really ready to receive her and we're really honored to have this connection with her. And yeah. And then we lit a candle each and made love and she was conceived and it was just this beautiful, amazing um, journey right from the, beginning of conception but also preconception and it taught me so much from that moment onwards of to trust my intuition and to really trust this journey of her of her soul coming to earth um, and which really contributed to all of my pregnancy and to birth of just knowing her and being in that connection with her right from the beginning and yeah, and it just was even when we conceived her and I, even before, you know, when my cycle was next to you, I definitely had those moments of like, oh, maybe not, maybe, you know, still doubting. And then, of course, it was always just my, that lesson of tr remembering that your intuition is so impeccable <laughs> and yes. to listen to it more. <laughs> mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. That's amazing yeah but, yeah uh, yeah so yeah it's just incredible when you can be connected in that way even before conceiving mm. and um mm. yeah that's just amazing that's so beautiful <laughs> yeah yeah and it was just this, it was a calling that um it was really great because we didn't it's not like instantly we felt like we had to bring you know bring her in but we just felt into it for a a few months until we, you know, made the decision together that it was our time to go on this journey, on that, you know, on, on the journey of in the physical sense, not just in the astral. And um, so it just was, you know, this really nice 
for me personally, because pregnancy is so, you know, so big, it's huge in every way, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, and but because it was something that I was so grounded in doing before it happened, it was, I think it just really helped all the transitions and all the um, initiations that pregnancy brings as well. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Um starting in that way mm. I yeah we I had a similar journey with um with Lua where we really consciously conceived her and when we were conceiving her we actually knew her name was going to be Lua and we were saying Lua mm. we're ready for you like you can come yes. um, oh, that's so, yeah 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 and that um that felt similar having yeah it just felt conscious and and easeful even then like I had a really challenging pregnancy but Mm. but I felt that I was able to like greet it with um with like awareness and what I wanted to or like what I was able to learn from it like curiosity instead of resistance Mm -hmm. yeah so let's get into your pregnancy then Mm -hmm. um how did you find out you were pregnant did you just know right away um I yeah. yeah so I did I, I did know it and then I I felt um I remember one day I, because my you know my cycle didn't come and I think I was maybe five or six days past it I just said to my husband I was just like I just I just wanted to do a test just to be a hundred percent sure because I was just going crazy not having that full clarity and he he just looked at me and was like you you know that you're pregnant but if that's what you need to do <laughs> then that's okay. And so I remember walking down to the chemist and I bought, um, yeah, pregnancy test and yeah. And then I did it and yeah, of course I was pregnant and I just kind of laughed at myself because I just, it was just me being in my mind, you know, and that was one of the first big lessons for me of just being like, you know what, you just feel your body, listen to your body. You, it's got all the answers for you. Um, yes. A hundred percent. It's like we we're so conditioned to need things outside of us telling us mm. what what's going on within our body. When if we tune in, like we know it, but it's really we're not taught to trust that knowing, and other people don't yep. trust it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and that's what um ended up guiding me in pregnancy as well because I from the beginning I knew that you know, I wasn't going to take a very conventional medical um, path. That was just kind of probably preconception. I already knew that. But as soon as I was pregnant, it just was reiterated to me time and time again that my journey with Freya, our daughter, just in this body and with her and listening to her. Um, And so, yeah, I definitely contemplated for... I remember, you know, coming up to the 20-week mark, I thought, okay, I should, you know, because people, again, that kind of projection of you should do the scan just to check this and just to check that. And so I felt a little bit, I guess, pressured or mm. felt like I was expected to do it. Um, and so I was in contact with a midwife who was just going to help me do the scan and um, just like prenatal care because I was choosing not to birth with a midwife. Um, and yeah, and then I was even booked in to do the 20 week scan. And I remember a few weeks beforehand, um, I was just driving somewhere and I just received this really strong message from, um, from Freya. And she just was like, I don't, you don't need to do this scan. You know, you just don't, 
you know that you don't want to do it because I was feeling a bit off about it. I wasn't really excited or really wanting to do it. It was kind of feeling a bit not aligned for me. And then she just really communicated with me. It was such a strong message. And I just knew I had to honor that because I was like, yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't want to do it. And so I canceled the appointment and I felt so relieved and so happy to do that. And, um, yeah, and just journeyed all of pregnancy. Yeah. yeah and that's that. when, when I'm working with pregnant um, mums, I always kind of invite them when they're getting scans to, to just think about like what the the purpose of it is because mm. you know like you're you're meant to get so many through your pregnancy if you're yeah. going with a medical route and um and I always just invite them to think about like will the information that's given to you through this scan change the way that you're going to do anything yeah um because I- if not then is it is it worth having because I've also seen people get told things in the scans that um, that turn out to not be true, but they they spend the rest of their pregnancy worrying about it and feeling yeah. so much anxiety and fear. And it's like you're inviting all of that in, trying to, to look in there with technology that's so inaccurate. Absolutely. And I, I've met um, so many women who have had that experience of um, that concern and that stress and being told, one thing, you know, at one scan and then another thing at the next scan. And it's, you know, it just becomes this emotional roller coaster. And um, I think, yeah, it's a very valid point about what is it going to change for you? You know, what results are going to change? Because, yeah, that's what we should reflect on before going to those scans. And, um, yeah, and also just thinking about the baby as well rather than just what you know, maybe just in our own mind as the mother, but also thinking about how the baby feels and what's best for the baby. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's what because... my, yeah, the calling was for me, was from, was from my baby. She, she really was the one that was kind of choosing and I was just honouring her. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's incredible that you were able to receive that message from her. Mm. Yeah, and you honoured it then. You didn't get the scan. Yeah, I didn't get it. Um, I didn't get the scan. And and did yeah. you then have to um, kind of, did you, the people who were pushing that onto you and saying mm. you should get it, did you kind of have to work through that with them or did you just put up clear boundaries around? I put around up, it? yeah, I just ended up putting up really clear boundaries. I ended up not continuing care um, with the midwife because, she was kind of really wanting me to do the scan to be able to do the prenatal stuff. And it was just, it was just really the scan and the, um, I was kind of suggested to do that. So then it's a bit easier to get the birth certificate afterwards when you're not um, birthing with the midwife. But Mm -hmm. then I just decided that I was just going to do it. um, Yeah. Just figure it all out outside of any one, any kind of care provider. And, um, yeah, and there was just a few people that um, wanted, you know, about the 20-week scan who mentioned it again and I just said, you know, this is this is my choice and it's really what feels best for me and our baby. And um, it was really good to find my voice in that. I really, in pregnancy, it really taught me a lot about, you know, how important it is to be and to hold that when we know what feels right for us and mm. and for our baby and um 
yeah, and to not feel pressured or to feel emotionally, um, I guess, manipulated in any way to, to not honour that to our full capacity. Yeah, and in, you know, pregnancy is just such a, an introduction to motherhood where then you are having to make choices mm. all the time that no matter what you choose, there's going to be people who disagree with it and you just have to really stand in your power and, and make decisions that are really right for for you and your family and you know like that can look different for every family but if you mm. allow other people's input or people who don't agree with you to be like influencing and um impacting your emotions and and getting you to question everything then it just makes parenthood so much harder so getting good at yeah. setting those boundaries in pregnancy is amazing absolutely absolutely yeah it's really it's quite liberating as well when you find you know because it's just when I think pregnancy is and and becoming a mother it's you know your life is not just about you it's about this being that you want generally want the best for them and you want to protect them and you want them to have the best opportunities that um yeah, as possible. So those boundaries and those things are sometimes so vital and so necessary just beyond our ourself, but for, for them, for the children, mm-hmm. for our children. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. How, how was the pregnancy for you physically? It was really great. It was really, yeah, I had a beautiful journey. The, the first trimester um, I was a bit more tired and yeah I just really needed to rest it was also summer Queensland summer so it was just it was a lot Um, I mean it's always a lot first semester but um yeah I just rested more and um yeah and I remember when getting just past that first trimester mark and you just um had yeah shift in energy it was so amazing and I just felt yeah really grounded again um and really had a wonderful physical journey and emotional journey um yeah my body just was feeling very balanced to adapting to the life growing inside of me and so it was really yeah I'm, I feel very grateful for that experience it was really beautiful and mm. um yeah, we just, you know, going to the ocean a lot. We're so, you know, so blessed where we live to have such abundance of nature and the ocean and just all these beautiful things around us that, you know, just bring such joy naturally. So, yeah, we walk the beach a lot and um, be outside in nature. And, yeah, I'd love just to kind of flow and dance a little bit and just really gentle movement and just really trying to be as embodied as possible and connect to my womb. Um, and, yeah, and then... The hardest part for me was really getting to almost 43 weeks pregnant and um, yeah, <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> can, I, um, can I rewind a tiny bit and yes, just ask, yeah. um, I was wondering since you weren't seeing a midwife for prenatal care, were you doing anything like different in pregnancy that you would kind of consider um, your prenatal care? Were you seeing, I know that you were working with a doula. Um, so were yep. you seeing her in your pregnancy and receiving any kind of care from her? Did you get body work done? Um, mm. I just love to hear a little bit about yeah, the ways you were supporting yourself um, in pregnancy. Yeah, of course. Yes. Um, yeah. So I was um, connected with 
a doula um, from pretty much the be- yeah almost the beginning of pregnancy, and that's when I knew I was going to free birth. Um, and yeah, we we just had regular kind of contact and checking in, um, and physically, I yeah I had acupuncture. I was actually having acupuncture. Um, leading up to pregnancy as well, just because I really believe in it as a beautiful medicine. And then throughout pregnancy, I saw um, the same acupuncturist every, I think I did every three weeks at some point and then every two weeks I'd kind of alternate. And so I had it pretty much throughout all of pregnancy up until about 35 weeks when the borders closed and I couldn't travel to the Gold Coast anymore. But, um, yeah, that was definitely the main, yeah, the main thing I did. And I felt, yeah, I really felt connected to acupuncture just for, even just for the, um, that hour and a half of just really being in silence and really connecting to, um, my body and connecting to my baby. And yeah, and I definitely think it contributed to having such a really healthy pregnancy as well. Um, and that's that's really it. Yeah, that's mainly it. Um, acupuncture, and yeah, I didn't do any other body work throughout. Um, yeah, amazing. I love that. It's it, it's so interesting speaking with women who free birth because when you um, when you birth in the system, you know everything is kind of laid out for you. How you pr- receive prenatal care, quote unquote care (laughs) you know yeah it's more just like clinical (laughs) but um but I love how in free birth it's so like it can look so different for every woman and some women do kind of try and bring a little bit of that clinical side into their um into their own hands and are still like measuring their fundal height with like a you know like a tape measure and like checking their blood pressure and like those kinds of things and some women don't do that at all and just like really you know, lean into like their intuition and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, connecting with their baby and just like nourishing and um, and all of that. And it's so interesting to hear how different people approach it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't feel the calling to do, um, and I totally understand why some women do um, feel that calling to do measurements and checking certain things. But yeah, I think it was, um, yeah, really from the beginning, it was just this guided thing of just being yeah really in intuition for me and I would feel if I needed you know if I needed something more if I wasn't honoring um my nutrition enough like I was really feeling trying to be and was feeling as connected to listening to my body and to my baby um as much as possible and that was like a daily check-in as well I would have to really consciously sometimes do it because sometimes I would just not feel that connection as easily as well mm. um so it was just like talking with her and feeling her and really communicating with her and um speaking to her like you know she can hear and understand me which they can and so yeah it was really it was a really beautiful experience um to do that with with her in the womb <laughs> yeah oh that's amazing that's what I envision my next pregnancy being like mm. Yeah, it's very special. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go back to where we were before with you going almost 43 weeks and how yes. you were feeling emotionally and physically. And Yeah, oh, it was such a – yeah, that was really – that definitely brought up a lot 
of challenge for me. Um, I think it was, firstly, I just never imagined getting so pregnant. I think you kind of, yeah, like throughout pregnancy, um, so my due, the due date, which is just an estimate date anyway, I wasn't attached to the date at all, but it was um, early August and, you know, so I kind of felt this energy towards early August of like, baby's coming any day, baby's coming any day. And then a week passed and two weeks passed and um, it was really, you know, it was really hard to keep in a really good frame of mind. And it wasn't so much coming from within me. It was definitely from um, external energies and um, particularly in my family. And that was a really a big journey for me to have to um, put up boundaries and be knowing when I was feeling this certain pressure for the baby to come, you know, like she needs to come, she needs to come. And then I would really have to check in and think, why am I, what, what is this pressure? Is this pressure mine? Because within myself and within my spirit and in my heart, I really just trust her. And that was also just our whole journey of being in total trust of her and her journey of coming to earth. Um, but yeah, it definitely um, was, yeah, some days were hard, you know, it was just like, I just want her I want to give birth. I want her to be here. I want, you know, mm. it's like, I want, I want, I want. Yeah, and, so that you don't, yeah, because it's like if she just came, then I wouldn't have to worry about yeah. all, the way everyone else is feeling anymore. Yes, yeah, and people, you know, checking in all the time, like, how are you? How's, you know, and that, that you're feeling that kind of constant um, thing. Uh, and it's, you know, it's coming from a good place, but it's, yeah, it's just because I really, you know, really reflected on this, this time frame that is so common in the medical system they put time frames on birth in many ways not just the gestation of um, pregnancy but they put you know time limits and time frames and restrictions on things of you know you can only have this and you can only do that and I realized that with this 40 week thing it's also just you know it's for me it was just I knew that it was another kind of invented thing to make us feel pressure when we're not in this time frame that we might need something external or there might be something wrong or all these things and all these doubts that can easily arise from that mm-hmm. um and yet anytime I would check in with her she was just like I'm good I just want to be in the womb a little bit longer you know don't rush mm-hmm. me I'm, I'm really happy in here and yeah 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 that's beautiful and that's something where like you know, like all those, all those time frames that they set, they're trying to reduce risk, but the the risk is actually still so low. And the thing that I just always come back to is is your intuition. You know, like so often, it's not like oh, just you know, blindly never get you know medical mm. help or never access the medical system. But it's yeah. like if you feel that everything is fine and um you know, like most of the time women know. Um, and yeah. And it's not like this stubborn, like, no, I'm never gonna, you know, like go to the hospital or get any help, but it's more like that. Just when you check in, you, you can tell that it's not necessary and it's not needed. And like the things that they do to reduce that risk create so much other kinds of risk and trauma and stuff in, in, 
women and babies and they don't see that as like yeah. a negative effect of it it's crazy I know I know and just yeah those projections that are you know trying to I, I guess it, I, for me it feels like it is disconnecting us from being able to listen to ourselves because when we do listen we might be able to receive a message but then because of that so the other side to it of the system we instantly doubt it and discredit ourselves. you know um yes and so yeah it was a really significant lesson for me to yeah know that I knew what was best and I I, I would and I really have trusted and that and birth really tested me in this as well of um trusting that I would know um if I if I needed external intervention in any way like I just really had this trust that I would feel so deeply that it was absolutely necessary and of course I would you know follow through with that because I would it would be necessary but until it was necessary it wasn't the path I was going to go on you know um yeah so um yeah so I really I feel like it was so many um beautiful reflections for me of getting past that mark and feeling into all the women um who go through that and like the you know the mentality and the pressure and and then it's also for me I remember having these moments of really thinking oh my gosh this is not how I want to spend the last days of this amazing beautiful pregnancy and how sacred this experience is and so I would um finally around I think yeah 42 weeks I really consciously was every day like dance get in the sun go to the beach bring some good energy for yourself don't worry about don't think all the time about when baby's coming just surrender you know it's all Mm. perfect and um and that just was so wonderful I'm so grateful that my last you know the last days of pregnancy were like that rather than in that mentality of feeling um a bit stressed and a bit pressured and a bit anxious about when it's going to happen and just that constantly playing on my mind um yeah yeah beautiful and then let's dive into the birth experience how did it Mm. begin yeah so it was um I was 42 weeks and two days so it was on a Friday um and I I could really feel I had kind of signs of pre-labor on and off for about a week or so just little crampings and um kind of some Braxton Hicks and uh, when I would walk the beach or something, I'd really feel a lot of pressure in my back or, yeah. And then on this day, um, I could just feel like the birth portal was getting very close. Um, and, yeah, we went to the ocean and I was swimming and I just was feeling really happy and really amazing. And I spent the afternoon dancing and I just really cherished these moments of being in this body with her and really connected to her and was speaking to her. And then that night, um, yeah, we had a fire outside and I could feel really this deep pressure in my lower back. And, um, yeah, and then that night I lost a mucus plug and I had a bloody show as well. And then contractions began during the night and they were quite regular, but I rested in between. So they weren't overly intense. I could really kind of, I was kind of like in and out of sleep in a way. And then I would have a contraction and then go back in kind of sleep and um yeah and then by the morning I was up and um I managed to eat some breakfast which is great 
because yeah I didn't know what I was going to have ahead of me but I managed mm. to eat breakfast and um and then after a while I timed contractions and they just to see how regular they were and they were just consistently every six to seven minutes and they were becoming more and more intense as well uh and yeah and that was about 6 a.m that I was doing that so I just journeyed by myself for a few hours and my sister um we live with my sister um and my husband they were my two main support they were my birth team Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um yeah so I waited for a while and then I maybe around 8 or 9 a.m. I just let them know. And, yeah, I got the house organised. I got in the bath for a little while because the pressure in my back was really quite intense and I felt quite – I think it was already in the morning. I just had this feeling. I was like, I think she's in um, a posterior position because there was just something very profound about the sensation in my back and also in my bum, like dropping Mm -hmm. down into my bum. And, yeah, and so then the morning just kind of happened and I just was, yeah, the contractions were just continuously um, regular and we kind of on and off timed them, but I wasn't really into that. It didn't really matter to me that much because they were just coming all the time anyway. And, uh, yeah, and then I just was journeying outside. I was I was, had to be on all fours a lot because of the pressure in my back um, and then I'd try to stand and try to move but I could always talk in between contractions. I was quite grounded but the, and, yeah, and then the contractions would come and that would be really intense and then, yeah, and then I'd be I kind of, yeah, settled a little bit and then just flowing with that and just hours and hours and hours seemed to pass by and, um, yeah, and then before we knew it, it was night time. And I got into the pool for a little while, which would set up because I was just quite, um, I just needed to get some of the pressure off my back and to see how I journeyed in there. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and that kind of slowed things down a little bit. So I just was in there just to kind of, yeah, take the pressure off and then I had to get out again because I really felt like I needed to use gravity to help because it just felt like she just wasn't, able to kind of drop down like I just I could feel that she was I was working really hard to help her but it just wasn't yeah she just wasn't coming um down in the pool and yeah I uh, yeah in the pool but also just in throughout the labor like they, it just yeah. nothing was really progressing um it was just kind of staying the same and then that night I went into a really intense process and the contractions were all of a sudden like every minute and they were just mind-blowing. They were just so profound and I just was really quite, yeah, I was really quite almost in disbelief of it all. I was just like, whoa, this is getting really intense. And it was just, um, I should have mentioned that my birth keeper was stuck in Queensland because we were living on the Gold Coast and moved here about six months ago and, um, the borders closed like a week before I went into labor and she couldn't get here. So it was just uh, my sister and my husband and we were just Mm. in contact with her virtually. But I actually chose, I chose to not um, actively seek another birth keeper because I just felt like I didn't, it was just so late in pregnancy and I just felt really in trust of like, okay, this is meant to be that she's 
can't get here. Like I just trust that whatever's unfolding is meant to happen. And um, yeah, and she was still really amazing at supporting us anyway. Um, it was just virtually um, rather than physically. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was my the first birth of my husband and my sister as well. So of course it was, we're all just like in this very, um, we're all just, yeah, it's all our initiation into birth all at the same time. So we're just kind yeah. of flowing with it all. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, wow. And how were they um, handling it, like, energetically? Were they, you know, did they stay really kind of even-keeled and strong through it or did they yeah. get worried at times? Or They they were so amazing. They were – because we um, – they too had really connected basically because I always talk about birth and, and stuff. Um, they have really connected to um, trusting birth as well. And that's from me sharing so much with them throughout pregnancy and talking. And they were both really in that deep, like deep place of um, just believing in it all as well and feeling grounded, but definitely, you know, as um yeah, so that was the Saturday nights so had been about all day and night. But by when we got into like the third day, there was definitely some emotions that were arising um, just mm. about because everyone was exhausted. And yeah, it was just, but it was not ever a point of them, um, either of them not being able to hold space, but of it definitely, like they said for them, it was the most profound and, you know, craziest most amazing experience they could ever imagine it fully has it been an initiation for them too <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so so okay there was your your surges started one in the first night and then the all day and then all day the, or all night the next night I think that was kind of where we yeah were. so yeah so it was um so it was the next night and um so I guess it'd been like 24 hours or so um since the contractions had begun in the in the first night. And then, yeah, and then it just went throughout the night. I had this really intense time for about maybe an hour or so and um, she must have moved, dropped a little bit, but because she was posterior, the, yeah, the pressure was just be, was quite unbearable at some points and I just had to try to keep going and I definitely had that moment where I was like, I can't do this, this is... Um, you know, having those doubts and, um, yeah, and my sister and husband just, you know, they're like, yes, you know, they just brought me back down and it was amazing. They were so supportive and I just recentered myself. And mm-hmm. then it was the early hours of um, the next day and I just said to them both, I was like, I think I just need to try to rest a little bit and just not try to keep really actively trying to help her come down like I need to try to rest in between contractions because I'm getting exhausted and mm-hmm. um so I got into the pool for a little while and just rested in between contractions and they tried to rest too and yeah and then by the next morning um yeah my birth keeper on the Gold Coast she had been in contact with a few other women in the birth world and they um one of them guided us into trying to lift my belly with each contraction because to try to help her um, into a better position mm-hmm. and um, yeah and it was just it was just so um, it was so intense that I words don't really can't really explain but I just I just had to, I just remember thinking like 
I've just got to try to breathe. That's all I can do. I can just try to breathe because there's nothing else I can, you know, I've just one more breath, one more breath. And, um, yeah, so we tried this. We tried um, some other positions to try to help her, um, yeah, help her into a position to help her get down, to keep progressing down. And, yeah, and then it was just the next day and it got to the afternoon of the next day. So it had been already like, I don't know, 40 hours maybe. Yeah, about 40 hours of labour. Wow. And were yeah. your surges still coming like on top of each other like every? Yeah. So they would, um, they never, I never had a break of them. So it was, I know I couldn't sleep or yeah, but they would be, um, so at some points they would be like every few minutes and then there'd be every maybe five or six minutes. Um, mm. and they were just so, they just never, like it never kind of, I know women with long labors can sometimes have that little bit of a break, you know, it kind of settles down a little bit, but it just never did for me. It was just continuous and continuous. And, um, yeah, I think I, yeah, I I tried to have some miso soup because I couldn't really stomach anything. I was just trying to get water and my body just kind of rejected it. And I was just in the physical process of it all was just really, really, um, extreme I guess and uh and exhausting and yeah the pressure from her position was just sometimes I couldn't really stand or I couldn't walk or I couldn't move because it was just becoming quite I guess debilitating um from where she was or yeah the the way that she was trying to come down um so yeah it it must have been around 40 hours in approximately and my birth keeper on the Gold Coast said to my sister and said, do you want me to see if a birth keeper I know in the Northern Rivers is available and could come and, you know, maybe just see how it goes and blah, blah, blah. And I just felt that it, that was in true alignment. If, if she was free and, and if it was somehow meant to happen, it would just, it would happen. Cause I was just always in this true belief of like destiny will be what it's meant to be. So if she's meant to be here, she will. And, mm-hmm. um, and a few of my close friends had birthed with her and I knew who she was. So it wasn't like a total stranger coming. And, um, yeah, and she was and arrived late that afternoon. And um, it was just so great to have her here because she just brought, like, some fresh energy because we'd, we'd been journeying for all these hours, just the three of us. And, yeah. and she just kind of brought this, yeah, this beautiful presence. Um, yeah, and which was really great. And then we went to the fire and said some prayers and um, my husband played some didgeridoo and we just tried to like, okay, let's re reground ourselves and, you yeah. know, and keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so that was that afternoon and then it just was that night and, you know, the hours just, seemed to just like time truly disappeared I I didn't look I didn't want to know any time we stopped any kind of timing of anything we um, my sister Ella had to stop replying to people because you know people were starting to get um, like uh, out of good reason as well we're starting to get quite concerned about you know why like time was just going and going and going there was just a few people that knew I was in labor um, our closest friends and my mom um, 
and my husband's mum but yeah they yeah so we just had to like completely block out the external world and just go straight into okay all we can do is be here and keep keep going with whatever needs to unfold from this kind of thing Mm. um mm. And were you having, were you just in complete trust through the whole process or did you have any fears arising through it or? Mm, so when it got to, when it was that, so that was the third night since the initial, since labour had begun during the night. So it was the third night. Um, and I had, I was, I was in the pool and I tried to, I could really feel like I needed to try to help her come out. And so I was pushing a little bit with each surge because I kind of, it wasn't like I didn't feel, it didn't feel wrong to do so. I just was trying to like, you know, help her descend a little bit. And then after hours of kind of feeling like she was close and I checked myself inside a few times um, and I could, I thought I could feel ahead, but I was not, I was still just, not entirely sure um and yeah and then after hours of this and I just got I was just like I need to try to rest again because it's it's the early hours of Monday morning and labor had begun Friday night um yeah and so that was when I went I told everyone to get some rest I was like let's just you know like take a breather and let's just see how you know that whatever when the sun comes it'll bring energy and let's just see how this goes and um I thought I would try to rest but it ended up going into this she must have moved again and it ended up going to this really um really intense time for me of of pain essentially um and that's when I started to be like is she is like what is wrong why what's going on what why is this yeah I started to have doubts and fears come up you know I was just like why what is going on it's just hours and hours and this pain is unbelievable and the pain was so intense in my each contraction it was um really in my like my tailbone and my my rectum like my my bum and it mm-hmm. was just I just was it became almost like it was it felt unbearable but of course I couldn't escape it you know so yeah um and that was when you know I was I was just like my god what's gonna happen what can I do what does this mean like what and I felt like I was paying some karma and I felt like I felt (laughs) I felt jealous I felt I remember feeling jealous of all women who have short labors and like I just went into this deep process about it all you know Mm. (laughs) and then Monday morning, so I was just, I just needed to be by myself for a while because I was just um, in so much pain that I just, yeah, and I was, and that's when I also became quite shaky and um, I became quite like physically quite ex- really exhausted and my body was starting to really show that and probably, you know, I couldn't eat throughout those days and I was trying to drink, but, you know, it's like all these things were starting to really build up. Yeah. And, and were you yeah. were you ever worried about Freya or did you feel that she was fine? It was just the positioning. Yeah, I I did I no, I, I really trusted her. I really did. That's and that's also because of our journey of everything, um, that from the beginning, um 
I just really knew that she wanted to come to earth. And so I would check in with her and I knew that she was okay. And I knew that she wanted to be born at home. And I knew that like we were going through this for some kind of, you know, divine purpose. And I understand it all now, um, you know, as I've reflected in everything that happened and all the things that went through my mind and all these, yeah, so many things that it's impossible to really describe, but I did, I did feel her and I knew that she was okay. And I, again, just was in total surrender of like, she will tell me if she's not okay. And Mm. like, I will feel, you know? Um, So yeah, um, I just felt like she was in, she was a bit stuck. She was not, yeah, she was in a tricky, tricky way of trying to get through, (laughs) trying to get out of my, Mm. my body. Um, and yeah, so I asked, um, my birthkeeper who was here, I asked her to actually check me internally, um, Monday morning. Cause I was just like, can you, can you just give me some clarity? Is her head there? What's going on? I just, what, please help me kind of thing. And, um, she was so wonderful as well throughout it all. She was just so amazing. Um, and yeah, she checked me and she, straight away realized that I had a cervical lip um and so part of my cervix was still present and it was very swollen and so that was also a big um contributor to kind of blocking her head or head her head would be pushing against that trying to come down and it kind of creates almost like a blockage in some way for their head to be able to descend um Mm. and so that was just that was just a bit disheartening and I was just um that's when we spoke about the prospects of hospital and she just said to me like have you thought about hospital do you think it's necessary because she also was just in trust that I was I was going you know she wasn't in, um, suggesting anything she just wanted to talk about it with me um, mm. and that really set up a big process for me because I instantly was like no what do you mean I'm I wouldn't I can't go there I don't want to go there no 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 because I was just in total disbelief that that would even be um an option I guess and then she really guided me to release fears about that and to be in total acceptance of it as a as a um option if it was necessary and to really like make peace with that and let go of Mm. fears of hospital, let go of fears of things that happen there, let go of all of those things and to be um, at peace with it all. And that was really healing for me to have that process and to um, be in total acceptance and same with my sister and my husband because they were just like, yep, you know, whatever you will know, You, you just keep being you keep checking in with her and you will know what needs to happen. And so I had to really reflect on it all. And again, it just brought me back to this place of like, no, no, I know how she wants to be born and I know what she, I know she's okay. So I've just got to keep going. Let's just keep going. And, um, and I somehow, I somehow did, I somehow did keep going. Um, yeah. And it was, I also understand why I needed to face those fears about the hospital. I also had to face fears of like ancestral things of um, things from my mom and my grandma and, you know, things that for so many generations of being born in hospital and um, 
Yeah, I asked my nan if she knows when, like, the last home birth would have been in our bloodline and who knows how long it's been for um, a woman to have been birthing in the way that I was birthing. And Mm. so it was all a part of it as well. It was many things that um, came to surface. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) So much to journey with. Mm, mm. Wow. I did want to say about a cervical lip. I think that's something that um, it kind of gets like thrown around a lot these days as like, I don't know, another thing you have to worry about birthing mm. or that kind of thing. But it is also, it just means that you haven't like quite fully finished dilating. Yeah. You know, which I'm sure, like, I know that you eventually birthed her at home, so she must have made her way through. But I think, you know, when it does become swollen, then it can take longer. But it's not, it's not, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong. Exactly. Yeah, it's just a, just was a part of the, of just showing that it still wasn't at that, you know, in the final stages, there was still something there that was not yeah. fully opening to her head being out yeah and still so, work to do yeah <laughs> still a lot of work to do and so I, I I actually after that I journeyed for um in labor I tried to take some pressure off and I sat up and labored for a while to try to not have too much pressure on it and um to try to get it to kind of move out of the way essentially like thank yeah. you cervix but please let like get out of the way so the head can get out of it easier you know yeah yeah and, you've um, done your job yeah now you're not and needed. i'm really ready to, to birth so please yeah, yeah after 40 hours i'm ready now yeah and thank you. yeah by that by that point yeah i think it was um gosh yeah that was monday morning so we were, yeah, around 50 hours in, I think, yeah, because she was born Monday afternoon at about 58 hours labour. Um, wow. So it was pretty just to know that that was still there because definitely it can be, um, yeah, it's one of those modern kind of things that they try to make into more of an issue that it is, but it was just this sign of I was just kind of like, wow, how can this Yeah, like how happening? am I not there yet? Yeah, like I'm being, tr- you know, we're trying – everything and I was just yeah I was kind of I was in shock a little bit you know it was just the whole thing shocked me it was definitely I mean we can never be really prepared for birth you know because it's like we might have an idea of it and spirit or the universe will have a completely different idea for you you know for the lessons that you need to have but um it was definitely very um yeah it was all a bit of a like wow I can't believe this is all happening and um that you know just the hours and hours and hours passing by yeah um but yeah so I I journeyed yeah I labored um like that and finally she she must she moved down a little bit more and I had like the pressure was not so insane um and so I could squat more and I could kind of stand up a little bit more because before that I just um yeah it was yeah it felt very restrictive um and yeah and then I finally I remember it was such an amazing feeling when I could finally knew her head was getting closer and was starting to come you know into the birth canal into my vagina and um I my husband has these exercise bars that hang in the doorway and 
we put a scarf over them. And so each contraction I like held onto the scarf and squatted. Mm. And so I was really, I knew how much I needed to call on gravity. I was like, gravity, you need to help me get this, help this baby, you know, please. And, um, and it was amazing. It was so primal. I was like dripping with sweat. I was shaking. I was, you know, I was like, my body wanted to give up, but my spirit, I've got adrenaline, you know, this adrenaline kind of ran through me and I was just like, this is happening and I'm going to do it and I can do it and I'm going to find the strength. It's within me, you know. Um, Yeah. So it was really amazing. I was just, I was amazed at my, at myself of being able to do that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. It's totally right. That's incredible. Yeah. You would have had to dig so deep. I did. I really did. It was, um, yeah. And I just felt, I think it just helped me to know because I just felt all, I really felt the ancestors of all the women before me who have birthed um, without intervention being even an option, you know. It was like you just mm. had to go through. There was, there was no other option. For me it was the same. It was like I've just got to keep, keep going and um, to trust in that and to trust in the ancestral wisdom of the womb. And, yeah, I really felt such a strong connection to to all the women who have done that and who have had, you know, those really long or it just those really difficult labours where it's not, you know, things come up that really challenge you and put and put doubts in your mind for sure. You have a lot of doubts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Had your waters released at all by this time? Oh, yeah, I had. I, they released um, uh, twice. Um, so first on the on the Saturday, um, so the second day of labour, just a little bit. And then um, on the night of the Sunday night, they released quite a lot. Um, and, yeah, and, and that provided some relief as well when I lost some, especially on the Sunday night when I lost quite a lot of water, waters. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I also, just before, when she was um, birthing, like I lost some blood and I lost some more waters as well yes yeah. yeah okay and so this was Monday afternoon yeah Monday afternoon um yeah and after squatting and really really uh yeah using my physical force to help her I could feel she was really get, getting close so then I went onto my knees and leaned on over on a couch so I was kind of like on all fours but leaning forward and um and I don't know how long it was of pushing before her head started to like open into my yoni but time were you having the urge to push or wait you just decided to push yeah no I actually had the urge to push which was so amazing and I just I just remember I was just feeling so happy (laughs) I was so happy I was just like oh my gosh it's happening I'm so grateful I'm so I just was, yeah, it was so beautiful for me to to know that she was going to be here soon in my arms, finally, you know. And, mm. um, yeah, and so I, I was feeling the urge to push and it was a very slow opening stage. Like I really felt every part of me expand open for her head. It was like inch by – it felt like inch by inch, centimetre by centimetre. It was so – 
so remarkable. And um, I remember because it was very slow and I remember when her head had come out and I thought like, I thought that was everything because I said, Oh my gosh, she's here. Like that was everything. That was her body. And, and then my birth keeper was like, no, that was just her head. And I was, I was kind of <laughs> shocked. I was like, what, what? Oh my God. I, because it was so slow, you know, and I was like, Oh my God, that was just the head. Oh my gosh. What? And, um, but that was just for a second where I was just in, I was a bit shocked by that. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, of course the body was a lot easier than the head. It just kind of slid out after a few minutes, I think. It was a little while until I felt the urge to push again. Mm. Um, but it was really, the way she entered into the world was really, yeah, far from like what they, you know, what they say is, textbook perfect I guess what, what how it should be she she had a lot of meconium and um the cord was also around her neck so she was very she her spirit wasn't quite in her body yet we had to really call her in into this like into the now and she was very um I guess what they call floppy and very mm. um blue and mm-hmm. But she started to turn pink very fast, but she didn't, she didn't, um, she didn't. Oh, I can hear her. Uh, yeah, I'll just check. Oh, no, she's okay. She's, she's okay. Um, she didn't breathe. Uh, she didn't cry. And so we didn't know when, uh, I don't know when she first took oxygen because she didn't cry at all. And so she was breathing through the placenta for quite a while and she just kind of um, gurgled a little bit and we had to, I sucked her nose and her mouth um, for any meconium that might've been in there. Mm-hmm. And um, was there meconium in your waters when they had released? No, prior? no, it wasn't. Yeah. So I, we, I had no idea and I didn't mm-hmm. actually even know um, until like I held her, I saw her because I was facing I was leaning on the couch. I didn't see her head come out, but in the video there's, yeah, there's a lot of meconium um, and my birth keeper just held space so amazingly because it was just, there was never this sense of something's wrong. Like even mm. when I saw her, I didn't, I didn't at once worry for her life, even though she was, um, yeah, like she didn't, yeah she was not on the other side of life but she was definitely not like this really alert and crying and it's also easy and it's also like okay everything's great it definitely was um a while of having to stimulate her and then she because she didn't cry we just um kind of were waiting to see what was going to happen but she said yeah she was turning pink and I just was so Knew was she, she, were her eyes open? Uh, yes, yeah, so she opened her eyes, which was so amazing. She looked up straight up at us. It was such an amazing moment. And I just was like, oh, you're here. And I, tr- I know that you're just doing things your way. <laughs> and I'm, I, I, I love you and you're amazing and everything's perfect, you know. Because she just looked up at me and, yeah, and I was just like, oh, everything is how it's meant to be. And, um yeah, she just chose to continue to breathe through the placenta for a while and then eventually, it was actually minutes, I think it was um, about six minutes until she did a gurgle kind of thing, like a bit of a... Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, But she was already a bit pink. She was yeah, turning pink before that. She was that. turning pink, 
Yeah. 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 So there was, she actually started to think very, very, almost instantly as soon as she was in my arms and um, little bits, you know, and then she was, yeah, she was, she was, she was totally fine. She just had a really big journey. Um, yeah. As and, she was turning pink, was she still quite floppy or did she have some muscle tone? Like if her eyes were open and she was looking at you, was she, I'm just trying to get a really good picture. Yeah, it's yeah of course. So interesting to hear, you know, in something like that in hospital, there would have oh, probably been immediate intervention. Um, totally. Yeah. We, we where, spoke about that. Yeah. Yeah. How different it yeah. would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Although I was I was actually at a birth not that long ago where a baby came out really similar with a lot of meconium and was uh, quite floppy and blue and they had a team there kind of ready mm. to intervene but they didn't at all and I I thought yeah. they left it for quite quite a long time with with baby just in mum's arms kind of like floppy and not taking good breaths and I was really impressed at how long they they let that go on and didn't intervene and the baby was totally fine but Oh wow. Um yeah, yeah, but that's. I think it's so beautiful to hear these kinds of stories of of you know how how amazing our bodies really are and how that's why that's why they're still connected to the placenta and receiving mm-hmm. oxygenated blood so they mm-hmm. can take their time to transition. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what I I thought that you know if that was in a hospital, um, as be, especially because when her head was birth and there was a lot of meconium um, kind of all over her face that I could, I just imagined that it would have been quite quick to have been intervened with and definitely cut from her placenta and, you know, kind of taken away and assessed and all that kind of thing. Um, but, but that's so great that you had, you know, you witnessed something else than that because I definitely thought it would be kind of like a red flag and, um, I think, yeah, mm. I mean, I definitely think generally um, yeah. it would be intervened with quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it is, it's interesting. I mean, I'm sure, like, of course, there are times when um, that kind of intervention might be necessary. Mm-hmm. But I think that so often they don't even leave it long enough to, to know if it's truly necessary. Yes. And they yeah. just intervene so early. Um yeah. yeah, it's almost instant, isn't it? As soon as they see something that's not um, how what is deemed to be, I guess, normal or not. They, yeah. yeah, and that's. I'm so grateful that um, I got to have this experience with her. Of you know, it was instantly bringing her to my chest, and my husband was right with me, holding me as well, and we were just in straight away connecting with her, and it was so um, powerful actually having to calling together to speak to her spirit and to say, you know, like Freya, Freya, come, you know, here, here we are, Freya, we're here, you know, and rubbing her chest and blowing on her. And um, it was, it just felt so primal and so animalistic. Like I was completely out of, I was not in my mind at all. I was just totally in the now, like every time I, I had, I couldn't believe it um, that it was, it was like, eight minutes or something of doing that um, until we could kind of calm it down a little bit and not have to do it so much because it just was so, yeah, it was, yeah, it was um, so natural. It felt so natural. And I, and I remember, yeah, I remember putting my hand on her heart and her heartbeat was just so strong and so beautiful. And I just, I just knew, I was like, she's, 
she's just yeah she's doing and it's all okay um Mm. yeah and so then after a while she was pink and she was um yeah she was great and we I was yeah so she was still connected to my placenta I think that I think I birthed the placenta maybe I don't really know I think it was probably about 45 minutes or so after birth and um then we got into the pool together because we're both like fully covered in blood in the conium. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty full on. We were, it was very, yeah, very raw. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and we got into the pool and it was so beautiful. She loved it. She, and she, yeah, she just didn't, she never let out a cry until very late that night. And she just was so connected straight away, like looking into my eyes and she, I could just feel her presence. So, um, amazingly and I just was yeah I just knew it was her um all along you know because I, I never did yeah because I obviously didn't ever have the set um the gender confirmed or anything but it was just like as soon as she was there I just it was always her from from the very beginning from before conception and yeah and then she was in our arms and it was just the most phenomenal experience in in the world yeah mm. <laughs> Mm, beautiful mm. beautiful and so and that was afternoon what time in the afternoon yeah that was um around 2 30 2 30 she was born nice yeah nice and then you had an evening together and then did yeah. you did you get I mean you must have been exhausted but you mm. would have gotten adrenaline when she was born and then just been in the oxytocin love bubble yeah. for a while hey yeah yeah I remember thinking like wow I'm feeling reason reasonably great right now it was it was yeah. it was um yeah definitely those hormones were really helpful <laughs> um and yeah I I was very physical that night I felt okay and we slept really well and I just slept with her on my chest and um and I went into a deep sleep like fully deep sleep um and so did she. And yeah, it was really great. She was still connected to her placenta. We, um, she. When did you birth the placenta? How did that go? Yeah, I birthed it. Yeah, about forty. I think it was about forty-five minutes after birth. Um, and it was beautiful. Yeah, I just it was hard because I tried to. It didn't just come out by itself. I had to kind of push a little bit. Um, but my it was that was a little bit challenging for me because I had been in so many hours of labor like my it was almost as if this instantly she was out of my body I'd birthed her all of my organs and everything just were like done you know it was just yeah they felt almost bruised and um, I actually could feel how exhausted they were yes and so then I um yeah but I just had to I gave like as gently as I could, just a little bit of a push a few times for the placenta and tried once, didn't happen. And then I tried again and it just kind of came out and that was great. And, um, mm. yeah. And, then she was, and you didn't have um, mm. much bleeding or? I had, um, yeah, not, not much. During the night I lost um, some blood, but it was all very, yeah, it never felt like excessive. It was just kind yeah. of, it felt like a normal amount. And I felt really good. Like I didn't at any point feel weak or dizzy. And I just knew to check in with my body with how I was feeling. And also my birth keeper was asking, you know, like how many pads I'd gone through. And um, so we're keeping an eye on it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was, you know, a pretty 
um, normal amount of blood loss. Yeah. And yeah, um, beautiful. Yeah, and yeah, and she stayed in, with her placenta for a few days, and um, until the court, like it was completely hard, and we just felt like it was ready. It was time to um, release her from it, and mm. which was really nice. We did a little ceremony and just um, burnt. We actually burnt the cord um, off, and um, that was yeah. I was it was really beautiful to do a lotus birth but I was really ready as well to not have like it's really nice but when you're carrying around the placenta everywhere and everything it's like a bit um, yeah yeah Yeah, it's like it's yeah it's beautiful it's a beautiful sentiment but then the logistics of actually having to bring the placenta everywhere is a bit um just annoying yeah it gets a bit tedious I was just yeah Yeah. by the by the second day I was like yeah I'm I'm ready I'm ready to yeah (laughs) and she was ready too I I I knew that like I would feel if she and she was really hot once it was burnt and it was um we burnt it off and we explained to her what she was we were doing like she was completely grounded and happy and um yeah, and yeah, I just had to rest so much, and um, we all do after birth anyway. But yeah, my my physical, my body was really exhausted and incredibly sore. Um, yeah, and yeah, and so I just rested in bed for a, a week, and then continued. To, I stayed home for four weeks, um, and just allowed. Really tried to honor the process of my body healing and resting and recovering and connecting with her and yeah it was really really special time beautiful and you had your sister and husband still just supporting you through through that postpartum so you could yeah yeah yeah. take that space and our extended community as well we we have really beautiful um friends and people who are just really on our birth for the rite of passage that it is and so we Mm. had people cooking for us and you know, especially like the people who, um, a few close sisters of mine who knew that, like how long and what had happened in the labour and they were just all so happy and relieved when she was here and, you know, the amount of love and care we received was just so, so incredible. And I just, yeah, I really hope and pray that more women get to be so supported in their postpartum because it's Mm. so so necessary and so um I, I really don't know how I could have done it without the support we had um yeah yeah. Mm. yeah oh that's so beautiful I'm so glad that's what I wish for all women to just be so supported by by yeah their immediate circle but then also by the extended community yeah me too me too it's really it's um yeah, it was like how they say it takes a village, you know, and it, it yeah. really does. And it's just having that support and just even going, you know, taking some food or cleaning the house or doing some washing yeah. or just some, especially for women who have other children and um, or women who have um, like maybe some healing that they need to do after birth or trauma after birth or all these kinds of things that are very common. Yeah. And having that support is just, um, yeah, I really hope that more women get to have that. It's, yes. Mm. Um, did you have any, like, tearing or anything that you needed to heal from? I had a small tear um, on the inside um, of my yoni, um, but it wasn't, like, kind of just on the inside of the left side of my labia, but it wasn't... Um, 
yeah it was it just yeah it just needed to heal I put um honey and uh on it which was really helpful um for helping the tissue come back together and uh, lots of yoni steaming I'm still doing some yoni steaming actually and Mm. um but but baths with herbs in there like calendula and lavender and um yeah, just and witch hazel as well, just to help because it was my my yoni also because I had quite a few, well actually lots of hours in birth where I tried to push um, mm. to try to help. I felt like to try to help her, my yoni had become very swollen and very sore by the end of it. Yeah, mm. yeah, just all that pressure pushing all that blood down there. Yeah, all the, yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, I just really consciously tried to like acknowledge it for all the work it had done and um yeah. and yeah and just the beautiful herbal medicines that are just so amazing yeah wonderful that's so great mm. oh and now you're six weeks post birth and yeah. you and Freya are just thriving yes yeah she's stepping back out into the world a bit yeah little bits it's been really nice um we yeah love to go to the ocean and to the markets and just just small things you know yeah um yes just keeping it very simple and yeah Yeah, I feel like you almost have to treat yourself like a baby it's like you have to relearn how to do everything again with another little human yeah nothing feels you know like going to the markets you've been a thousand times but it doesn't feel the same way it did before absolutely yeah everything is different it's so true yeah Yeah, it's like a new world opening up in front of us and and taking things slower and also just you know different time becomes completely different and um yeah it's just learning to adapt to their needs and what feels good for them and it's been really nice to learn more about like her cues and when she you know what she, when she's hungry or when she's tired and like learning to flow with that more and um understand her more yeah just yeah being in you know in flow with her and I think that's what can happen when um you're home and you're really present with them you can really start to learn you know and understand them and to um yeah and like flow with them flow with their energy yeah Mm. yes Mm. so beautiful um Mm. is there anything that um that you would like to share with other mothers that you haven't said already Mm, I think yeah I think mostly it's just to for them to know that that they know what's best for them and their baby and that when we can really find that strength within us to like reclaim some autonomy over this, you know, the rite of passage of birth and pregnancy and becoming a mother, um, it really opens up so much beauty and magic into what it means to bring life to earth and, um there's so much unlearning we need to do to be mm. able to do that and it's not easy you know and it's especially yeah. because of the external pressures of everything but yes. um yeah but i really think that that is one of the most amazing things that we can do in this life is just to remember our inner power remember um yeah to connect to our intuition and to 
have that as our guide and as our teacher. Yes. Mm. Mm. I love all of that, especially the unlearning, because there's so much that oh. <laughs> we're taught that does not serve us. Oh, so much. Yeah, from from being like babies onwards, essentially, it's it's huge to remember and to reconnect to our innate wisdoms. Um, yes. And yeah, and, you know, especially when things like all our life and media and movies and things that were indoctrinated to believe that birth is this like thing with women screaming and lying on their back with their legs here and doctors, yeah. you know, in these really clinical settings and um, we're so conditioned to have certain beliefs about birth and particularly to doubt our ability to do, to do it in the way mm-hmm. that nature intended to do it, that intended for us to do it. And um, those doubts are, yeah, are um, embedded within our psyche really deeply. And so if we can really work on ourselves and to just, yeah, reconnect to ourselves, and I think that's been, you know, part of one of the most healing things I've, I could ever do in life and, and I'm so grateful to have done that to, for, for my daughter as well and to share that mm. with her and this is how generational change happens. Yes, is, is, yeah. Yeah, it's your story is so powerful because because you you didn't have, you know, like an easy beautiful pain-free birth. I you know, obviously it was beautiful and it was raw and it was primal and and you it sounds like you feel really positive and amazing about it, but mm-hmm. um, you know, so many women who are afraid of birth and afraid of the pain and um I think that there's like there's so much to learn from your story and just the way that you stayed with with trust and were able to um walk with that sensation and and move through it and um you know so often when people have birth experiences that might they might want to have a natural birth or something and it starts the same way that yours did and then they just get to a point where they're like oh well this isn't working something must not be right and it's um Mm. and just that ability to to continue to trust your body and to stay with it for that long is so is such a profound story for people to hear yeah yeah I feel I feel like it's um I agree I think it's so important for people to hear because it's definitely something that I've actually realized that is lacking of stories like this being shared um even in the like free birth home birth community there's just so many stories of these really short and fast labors which is so great that that happens but I really think that sharing the realness of what can happen and Mm. that if you can be in that place of trust and to be really knowing like really trusting in, in birth and the process of it um we can like these we can do it and we don't yeah, there's, yeah, we, it's within us. It's within us to be able to, to be able to do it. And so I'm really, I'm actually yes. grateful for it. I'm so grateful for it all because it can mm. be, hopefully inspire other women to know that they are capable to, to make it through. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I do, like, I also really love that you shared about kind of your internal journey with, with um, thinking about receiving medical help and, 
Um, Mm. and that as well, and how you said that you, you know, you were open, if you felt you needed it, then you would seek it. And that, you know, like that far, that far into labor and, you know, still feeling like things hadn't progressed as much as you would like them to and, and everything that that still wasn't something you, you felt called to or felt that you needed, but that you had it as like an option. Like you weren't just doing this out of, you know stubbornness or like it was out of true trust and connection with your body and with your baby and um and like that is the most profound way to approach birth I think yes yeah agree uh I totally agree thank you for acknowledging that it's really yeah really beautiful to hear (laughs) to hear that you say that um I would, we're almost ready to finish up. It's been another, yeah. it's not that long, not as long as my last free birth recording, but yeah. <laughs> um, but still quite long. But I'd love to finish just with um, the question that I ask every uh, person that I talk to. And that is, what does it mean to you to be a wild woman and a wild mother? Mm. Yeah, for me, it definitely, to be a wild woman and a wild mother, it means to be, trusting myself trusting my my higher self above anyone else and to be living consciously and that's an everyday an everyday um process you know of reflection of feeling energies of connecting to my baby and connecting to my myself as well and knowing that all of the things that I'm guided into feeling like with how I want her to feel into this life and for her to feel as free as possible. And I know that for me personally, that's not within many of the generic systems um, like the education system and, you know, certain things. So it's just about like being in a, in trust of we create our reality and, we can create anything we want to and be in our truth and to reclaim that, um, reclaim our serenity of that. And, um, yeah, and so doing things, I guess the wild aspect is like doing things my way, not what I'm told is the right way. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, or what I've been conditioned to believe is the right way, but doing things the way that, now feel right for me as I've um, been on my journey um, within myself and knowing myself more. Yes. Mm. Mm, that's beautiful. Mm. I think that, yeah, it just comes back to exactly what we were talking about with in pregnancy, how, you know, setting those boundaries and that other people are always going to have judgments about any decision you make, but but the only way that you're going to feel good about the life that you're leading and the way that you're mothering is if you are making decisions that are in alignment with, with mm-hmm. you and with your highest self, mm-hmm. you know? And like, what if, you know, when it comes to that, other people's opinions don't even matter. Yes. Yeah, totally. Totally. And yeah. And I think that's the best thing we can reflect on in, in life is what does the, you know, the thoughts and opinions of others, how does that, um, contribute to my life and it, it doesn't do anything apart from bring negative 
thought patterns. So if we can feel above that and to be in our alignment and also when we're in our alignment and in our truth um, and we are in that vibration, we attract these things around us like people who are also on the same wavelength and experiences and, you know, all these things, they flow in a completely different way. Um, And, yeah, since I've been in that, I've just, you know, I've had all these beautiful things around me just continue to um, bring such light and love and beautiful experiences and that's how I hope for our daughter as well, for her to have that experience of life as well and to be connected to spirit as much as possible, be connected Mm. to her, her spirit, yeah. And just be raised in alignment with herself and never have to unlearn and relearn. Yeah. Reconnect. Yes. Yeah. Oh, what a gift. Hello, baby. A true yeah. gift. Yeah. Oh, I just yeah. can't even imagine being, you know, like, yeah, what kinds of humans these people will be. I know. I mean, I can, but I it's, know. you know, like, oh, it's incredible. It's so different to what most of us have, you know, our entrances into the world. It's very, so different for, um, for them. And it's really, I'm just so excited to, I already am learning and have learned so much from her, but I can just feel just to, yeah, just to learn from her and to hear and really, and really listen to her. And that's, um, I think one of the most amazing things we can do in life is to listen to the children because they're so, still so connected to nature and to mm. spirit. And so if we can really learn to learn to learn from them and learn to listen from them to them. Um, and I think it, you know, it's one of the best things we can do as adults. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's very healing for us. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Well, Ali, um, it's been amazing talking to you and I'm really Me excited too. to share your birth story with the world, with my followers and with, um, yeah, whoever you want to share it with. Yeah. It's been so amazing. <laughs> thank you, Mimi. It's been so, so great talking to you. And, um, yeah, thank you for listening. It's so much to condense down. So thank you for your time. And yeah, it's been beautiful to discuss it all with you yeah beautiful (laughs) well um i will talk to you soon beautiful have a great day you too Bye. bye